Oh, snap. I'm going to go nuts, though. Bro, ooh, we should have gotten into this off the pot. Dude. I feel like egg rolls would go crazy. This is what money looks like. I'm not <laughs> like so paid. This is Bradley Whitford. What's up, guys? What's good? Me and Vince were just riffing. We're just riffing. Bits. Stuff you guys will never even fucking hear. No, yeah. Vicente. E. Johan. <laughs> it's so cool. No. Have you ever had a sunburn in your life? Yeah. Have you really? Well, what did you... We might not do a totally traditional, but we've been watching, but what, what did you want to talk about? Fucking, let me see. Um, I really want to talk about one of the things me and Hannah watched, and I'm not trying to be like, ooh, look at me, but we watched another thing I can't talk about legally called, mm. uh, I can probably, t- I could tell you what it is. It's this movie called Drama Drama, and it's directed by uh, this guy who did a, his name is Martin Wee Wee, <laughs> and he, he directed a movie with Charlie Sheen and Whoopi Goldberg called 9-11. He's <laughs> He's a great poster. <laughs> Come He's great on. At posting. Martin Wee is a posting legend. <laughs> um, I talked to, I very briefly mentioned it to Jack. Um, yeah, Hannah and I watched it. Uh, folks, be on the lookout for drama. Can I tell you about it real quick? Wait, don't read yes. about it. Don't read about it. Okay, okay. Sorry. Bro, it's, so it's a movie about a, a, a girl pop group. And the movie was intended to spin off into a real life girl pop group. Imagine if One Direction, the movie, One Direction, the movie comes out a year before their first album comes out. So this is the platform and it was supposed to spring about these fake pop stars into the real world, right? Man. Original songs, original like composition, choreography, everything. And I can't say anything else, but buddy, from the director of 911. <laughs> Martin Wee Wee. <laughs> I, I guess Steven PP was busy, folks. Um, yeah. yeah, we watched that. Um, <clears throat> gotta say, I watched the, the Greta Thunberg documentary on Hulu. Oh, yeah. That one's new. I think it played like Tiff and maybe Venice or something. Not horrible. I think you'd find it interesting because. And I say this to somebody who's woefully unfamiliar with her. I just am like vaguely familiar with who she is and that she's like a kid activist or whatever. Mm-hmm. Have you heard like her speak? Have you heard like any of her speeches or anything? Uh, clips, but yeah. In like the final speech that they include at the UN climate conference in this movie, she directly mentions like, we need to abolish these systems of capitalism that are killing our planet. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Vince's flex- flexed arm emojis to quote Jason. <laughs> no, for real. And she talks about like dismantling these like machines that kill people, enslave us, blah, 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 blah. And then 
the way it's politicized on both the left as like a girl boss it like identity politic ideologue and the way it's politicized on the right as like oh she's just a whiny little bitch is so interesting because it's clear that just like nobody's listening to her clearly yeah and she she can be yeah they call her out for just being like an ideas person not having like anything tangible to offer which is completely true because ideas only get you so far okay but she's what like 18 uh, she's like, like 16 yeah but yeah exactly she's got more ideas than nancy pelosi <laughs> like I, was, I don't know what to tell you i was pelosi clapping vince before we started <laughs> like yeah um all right. Call it a This walk. stupid child can't save the world. Of course not. Or she's just like me. She's just like a teen who's like trying to like save yeah. the world. Yeah. Like same. <laughs> and then me and Vince and Sophie, Vince and Sophie and, and me and Hannah and Hannah and yeah. me watched. We uh-huh. went to the drive-in. Yeah. I'm kidding. We all went in the same car. No masks. No, we didn't. Everybody licked everything inside. No, no. I breathed directly into Vincent's mouth. We came in two separate cars. And we stayed socially distanced the entire time. Yeah. And we watched. What did we watch? Freaky. (laughs) That movie was honestly pretty freaky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, we, I, I rolled my window down in my 2007 Toyota Camry lightly used that my mom gave me. Um, uh-huh. And by gave. VNDS. VNDS. Camry, yeah. yeah. Um, I rolled my window down to see what Vince and Sophie thought of it. And Vince went, that was so good. And I turned to Hannah for about two seconds and was very scared that you guys just watched a completely different movie than we watched. No. There was an hour of silence in the car when me and Hannah were watching this fucking movie. See, Sophie Sophie loves, like, truly does love bad movies. I love trash. Yeah, exactly. Um... So no, we had a great time over in my car. Yeah, <laughs> it was really fun. Uh, Vince Vaughn kisses a teenage bull. <laughs> Dude, oh my god! Me and Hannah were. <laughs> we had a that full movie's... discussion. I feel like that movie is also like racist and homophobic and like very pro like the white man. Like somehow really wants to protect the sanctity of the white man. And has a very big problem with, like, anybody making any accusations about the white man. If you want if you want me to flip the switch right now, dog, that movie has a very bad uh, cultural fetishization problem with, uh, with Aztec or, or Mayan, whatever, because it's indistinguishable from one another. Yeah, but, very bad. Yeah, uh, with various uh, pre-Hispanic cultures uh that is used completely as a plot device and um and nothing more it's very clear that the 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 horror movie fetishization of like quote-unquote like like orientalism has like completely shifted into disguised itself rather into various different forms um it made me real it made me uncomfortable because you see it once they it's explicitly mentioned once, yeah, and then it's dropped completely. 
really awful stuff. A pretty fucking but, bad movie. It's no happy death day to you. I will say that. That's true. That's true. Wait, did you... We didn't even talk about the the trailers that played as well. Bro, there's a lot more, like, just dog shit coming to the drive-in real soon. What, what did we get? I can't remember. There was that, the Mel Gibson Santa movie. Hannah and I want to watch that because we want to get in the season. And it's produced by the Rough House Boys, Danny McBride, Jody Hill, and David Gordon Green. I didn't even notice that. That is so funny. Just want to say, if you guys missed it, the 72-hour Rough House picture sale just ended. Your boy copped a t-shirt. Very excited. Gotta support the the kids. South Carolina representing. Um, Word to Ben. Word to Ben, South Carolina legend. We're gonna have <laughs> we're gonna have Benny Boy on our proper Herzog episode. This is just a little a little a little ditty. Taster. Yeah. Yeah. What else? What other trailers? Uh, there was a new Jackie Chan movie. Vanguard, which is Yeah. It, it's <laughs> looks like never mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The bad looking yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. So that um I can't remember what else there was. It, it all did just did not look good, and yeah, we were like, "Damn, <laughs> yeah. gotta come back." This is the first time <laughs> we went to the drive-in because me and Hannah have been a lot, and mm-hmm. it's the first time that we don't get the Dune trailer. The Dune trailer, mind you, is severely underlit as it is because that's just yeah. the approach. At a drive-in, when when the worm at the end of the trailer is like like uh, the center of the screen it looks like the real cut out that's it it is disgusting it's the worst thing to look at it looks like they need <laughs> to clean their screen yeah yeah i mean that that is a problem uh what's it called i mean thank goodness that there's like daylight savings now so it's like darker earlier but right. it is like the drive-in is right by like two different casinos in las vegas and a fucking airport <laughs> And the airport, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just like there are just lights all around right. it. And then I don't know how you felt about like say the beginning of Freaky, but I was like I can't distinguish anything. No, this all just looks like one shadowy figure. I gotta say I was very pleased with Freaky being like clearly distinguishable for most of it. Um, it was just the beginning for me where I was like, really. Oh. We yeah. watched. Um, <clears throat> Gillian Jacobs is in this horror movie called Come Play, um, okay. which is like, a, I think it's like, a, it's either DreamWorks or like Amblin or something that they were probably going to dump on like VOD anyway, but they gave like the theatrical run because COVID or whatever. Um, that movie takes, it takes place completely at nighttime indoors and it Jeez. is, I'm still not, I felt bad logging it on Letterboxd because I don't even think I actually watched the fucking movie. One of the, yeah, dude. It was one of those. That's a, <clears throat> and I hate to be the the one to, to say this, but you know, you see, like, I don't know if you looked over to the side, but they were playing that movie Scrooged, the Bill Murray movie Scrooged. They were playing Guardians of the Galaxy on the other screen and I couldn't see anything. But the, the Bill Murray one. It looked great. You know. It looked so good. Yeah. And that one was more directly in the light, too. Have you seen Scrooge? Uh, I have not. Bobcat Goldthwait is third build in that movie. It's like wow. Bill Murray, Karen Allen, Bobcat Goldthwait. Weird. Friend, honestly, friend of friend of the show. In... Friend of the festival. <laughs> he's a, uh, he's yeah. an LVFF 
uh, al- alumni and patron and probably friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I hate to get right into like a, well, a digital versus film thing or whatever, but I mean, we did see Tenet and that also, I don't know. Don't well, Tenet's weird. I don't know. Never mind. We don't have to talk about no. this. <laughs> we got to the drive in, folks. It is the middle of November and they were still playing Tenet. Bro, yeah. this nigga Christopher Nolan, he is <laughs> this greedy motherfucker, dude. Just raking it up, making $5 every night off of Tenet. <laughs> what a real, just an asshole, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> Tenet is going crazy in Branson, Missouri. We're to Dirk's Meyer. It's going up. It's it's got fifty showings every night for for dollar yep. movie night. He played he uh, he he went for the long con, dude. He really did. That movie opened in fucking July. Come so on, funny. man. I've seen the opening opera, the the opera yeah. operation at this point maybe like seven times. So funny. It's a really good set God. piece. I'm not even going to lie to you. It's a very good set piece. That's one of the... If we we're going to get into brief tenant talk, that's one of the only set pieces in that movie where the geography is fully laid out and all of the characters that you're following, because at that point, it's only like two of them, that's true. are very that's true. clearly distinguishable. Yeah. Do you remember That's the true. end sequence of, of Tenet? Spoilers for a fucking 15-year-old movie at this point. Yeah. It's G.I. Joe's in a bathtub, man. Yeah. It's crazy. Such a far cry from the beginning. Whatever. Whatever, man. Um, Fuck Tenet. What, have you watched anything else? <clears throat> oh, I guess I could talk about... Yeah, okay. So I rewatched Friday Night, the Claire Denis movie. Right. Vendredi Soir. Just goaded. I watched this movie, A Moment of Innocence. Yeah, is that that Makmabov? Yeah. Yeah. Hannah loves that I've never seen any of his stuff. But yeah, this was in my watch list for so long. Um, Finally watched it. And it's it's like everything that we would ever want to make. Well, I'm trying to find... um, I'm trying to find the um the I'm looking at your profile to try and find this. Me and Hannah were watching Yeah, Mosin Makmaboff, Moment of Innocence. He direct yeah, okay. He directed Salam Cinema. And the project, I don't know if you remember, Vince, that me and Hannah were to, were planning on for you and, and my nephew Adriel. <laughs> oh yeah. We watched we watched Salam Cinema and basically like stole <laughs> a lot from salam cinema but i'm very sorry I, you, you go ahead what do you think wow, of moment wow. Of- it's very wow a moment of innocence is like very similar to that but uh it's that one's more so like uh i guess it's more of a structural like trick that it pulls on you um it's just it's just so good i don't know i don't know what to say i will send you a link to watch it Please do, yeah. I want to watch more of his stuff. Yeah, Hannah. Um, Hannah loves that one, so that'll be. It's amazing. Yeah, that'll be good to to watch that. And one. then, I I also rewatched Doctor Strange Love for no good reason. It's very funny. It's the best movie. It's so funny. It's got <laughs> the. It's got the best movie Nazis. 
You think, yeah? Outside of maybe... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> At the risk of you having to cut around that, <laughs> I'll, I'll shut the fuck up. Um, that's so funny. I, uh... He's, he's so good. The jokes per, like, minute in that movie are really crazy. Hat on top of a hat, on top of a hat, on top of a hat. It rocks. Um, yeah. Uh, what's this? George C. Scott talking about not busting is always funny. <laughs> um. How sore are his balls, man? Dude. <laughs> but it, it, it also, like, made me weirdly sad this time. I mean, it's, I, it's a heartbreaking I mean, thing. It, yeah, I mean, because then it gets to the end, the bomb has dropped or whatever, the doomsday machine is going to go off, and then they're all talking about how they're going to, like, be fine and go to a bunker and, you know, just resume life from there. And I was like, oh, well, yeah. At least they're okay. Right. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> oh, fucking kidding. It's a good movie. <laughs> it's so good. Um, Peter Sellers, yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. No? Can you not picture it? Oh, Sasha in that movie. I don't want to... I mean, yeah. That's a... He's his idol. That's like his idol. And that's like the whole... That's a good take. I think what what Sellers... I wonder, actually. I don't know. Because Sellers can carry... Oh, man. He can do so much. It's really unfair. He's great. He was also very handsome. Yeah. Good looking guy. Um, Humbert Humbert. Yeah. One of our most virtuous pedophiles. Yeah. It's a pun on pedophilia folks. I do I do still want to rant about David Fincher if that's okay. A pop off. Yeah, let's let's make this a, a chitty chatty <laughs> opening bit. I no, it, can, it it just what? No, yeah. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You're good. No, it's just it, the the discourse. You know, David Fincher's been doing interviews or whatever, and it's cool to see him talk shit about filmmaking and everything. Um, but like, Johan's about to crack open a DC. Why'd you have to spoil it, man? Oh, sorry. <gasps> Um, (laughs) but you know, we, I mean, of course that's always so fun to see when a director is willing to do that, but sometimes it can go too far. And he, uh, pointed the knife at Orson Welles. Foolishly so. Which I took offense to. Are you fucking kidding me? A lot of people did. A lot of people did. I think my timeline was generally, um, pretty... Like okay, he's he's acting brand new. He's yeah, he's doing too much. You forgot you just directed a movie about this this man. Yeah, yeah, this man whose life was so interested. You directed a movie about. <laughs> yeah, um, it's just a whole thing. Just him saying like, oh, he was uh, basically like trying to make him out to be like this narcissist who could never do anything yeah, just a fat who, blowhard airhead yeah, yeah who's just a showman and yada yada 
and 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 he said something about like to say like people actively made his career like worse for him is just foolish just like motherfucker are you kidding me <laughs> bro they had the negatives for the other side of the wind in iran for like decades dude i don't know what to tell you like he's got he's he's like tupac dropping feature or like songs with kendrick features he's got a movie with up. dennis hopper coming out at Bro, the end of this year he's, he's he's tupac dropping a song with kendrick in like 2020 and just washing kendrick absolutely just, <laughs> and it's that's like what it's, the other side of the wind is it's vague enough like he'll mention the Clintons. It's vague enough yeah. that he'll have no. I'm serious. He'll have rap genius with like the thinking emojis, being like, "Did he mean Chelsea and Bill, or did he mean Hillary?" Or like Bill Gates, and then they'll they'll be like, "Yo, this coronavirus verse from Pac is crazy." You're like, "What, <laughs> nigga? What?" Uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, that's a good comparison. Orson Welles being goaded from beyond the grave. Which, come on, he did that to himself. Like, I'm gonna need you to give me the spooky sound effect right there. Sorry. Yeah. Cool. I I don't understand how you can look at the the man who made Citizen Kane at 25 or whatever, who then ends his life basically like begging for money. Transformers the movie. Yeah, exactly. Which is a great movie. We're all. We're all doomed to become John Cassavetes, where we just act and then use that money to make what we actually want or whatever. Right. But like him, because it's covered in that that documentary about the other side of the wind. They'll like, love me when I'm dead, which is uh, yes, uh, from what I understand, to be very good. It is good. I have not seen. Uh, oh, what? It's so good. But no, he like literally was at some. It was. I don't know if he got an honorary Oscar or something, but he was like literally just saying like, yo, and also while you're here, I need money. And to, to see that directly be like, hey, you you know, he shouldn't be in that position. That man gave us Citizen Kane. He's goaded. Why is he in this position? Bro, David Fincher, you can't talk on that. You've been coddled by a studio your whole fucking life. Literally since 1992, you've been making studio movies. This is, this is this, and I, we say this as to, as people who love David Fincher, right? Of course. He, he got, he got bad notes on Alien 3 and was like, I'm out this bitch for life. Like, I'm done. Straight I'm up. never making another yeah. fucking movie Bro, in this town again. Bro, they just told you not to make a four hour long movie about space monks. There's literal footage of of him on the set of Alien Three being like everybody at Fox is a fucking idiot. Which like, he, bro, he can you be, have that way of thinking. Yeah. Imagine what it was like when the studio system was like still new. No, you're look. Yes, you're not even thinking about how hard he was getting fucked back then. See, are you kidding me? We will never see the magnificent Ambersons. Like, what are you talking about? How can you come at this man's life? He fundamentally misunderstands or is misrepresenting Orson Welles as a person and an artist because he doesn't understand. And if he watched more Rick and Morty like I do, he would get it. Yeah, yeah. Because yep. the, the centrism yep. really takes takes yep. hold of it. <laughs> Listen to me. No, he can be a bloated, arrogant, airhead eating himself to death. On the set of films, trying to make a movie with his friends, bro, and he can also that's so sick. Both things are possible. It's possible to be that to be a cunt, no, and then to be the greatest living 
filmmaker in the history of the medium. It, we should be so lucky to die that way. Exactly. I hope I die in a shitty LA bungalow, fat as hell, with you trying to make something. Let me like, let me crack that is open the this only diet thing I should quick. ever aspire to. Let me crack to. this what? shit open real quick. Oh, oh crack open the DC. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. It made me so mad. Not because it's fucking stupid. It's so dumb. And he okay. I'll, this thing, because he said, he talked shit about, like, oh, Orson Welles said something about, like, oh, cinematography is, uh, it's not anything you can't learn in just three hours. Then there's literally a video of Orson Welles explaining. He's like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's something that my DP on Citizen Kane, Greg Toland, told me. Why? Because, first of all, like, Orson Welles came from theater, a theater wonderkind. He had, like, his own lighting designs that were very impressionistic. You look at Citizen Kane, a lot of the inspiration comes from stuff like comic books. Right, he was a freak. That is from Orson Welles' head, right? But he doesn't know, like, literal camera stuff. And guess what? Greg Toland is right. I can teach you everything about a camera in, like, 30 minutes. Right? And lighting, lighting, I don't know. But I'm sure they both have experience in it, right? Anyways, there's a whole story where Orson Welles is, like, learning what it's like to be on a set. And he realizes, like, okay, there's a whole delegation of responsibility, so I can't be the one to toil with the lighting. But Greg knows what I want, and then they're just, like, kind of head nod at each other. That's why you hire... that's how it works. That's why you hire department heads who you trust. Bro. That's it. Exactly. And... And he shared a, uh, what's it, a credit, like, name card with Greg Toland in Citizen Kane. In the same, like, credit card, it says, directed by Orson Welles, like, shot by Greg Toland. Because he shared the movie with him to that level. Don't don't put him in this box of, like, selfishness to the point that it killed him or whatever. That's never what his shit was about. Have you seen any of his movies? Bro, the man, like, made so many movies about how, like rich people are to be like feared basically or like they're the problem yeah of course like fincher bro you literally made the social network like i'm sorry i have to do it i have to point the knife at it you got it wrong the game you were wrong like it's all yeah it's it's these he's been toying with the idea of like rich male sometimes both sometimes separately like power fantasies his entire career and he and it's clearly owes so much to the the legwork that orson wells he makes like status quo movies bro i yeah. don't know what to say is it is it about time we stop pretending like gone girl is really that good i don't know i haven't come back to it i don't have a desire to it's not good i don't know <laughs> That's going to be my one take for this episode, because <laughs> me and Vince were worried, full disclosure, that we weren't going to have much to talk about, because I think it's going to be yeah. pretty agreeable across the board, um, Yeah, but that's my one take, is not even saying Gone Girl is bad, just saying, like, okay. <laughs> Alright, man. Sweet. Cool. You made E! Entertainment News of Movie without, without Maria Menounos in her time of need, dog. You think Nuvi is paying out the checks like that? Come on, dog. The come fuck on, out man. of my face, man. Come on, man. Uh, come on. It's just, like, literally, David Fincher, like, you got into filmmaking, like, number one, like, pulling levers at ILM for Star Wars. You, you start making music videos for the biggest pop star we've ever seen. 
and then you're coddled by the studio system the whole time and you make movies that are just status quo like man things about like rich people or whatever and like say you could even throw in like fight club in that and it's like yeah that's status quo for the time it doesn't age very well panic room is a referendum on like the 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 mo- the upward class in new york and the like of course immediate no, panic room rocks panic room untouchable i'm not <laughs> if he made e what? entertainment television into a movie with gone girl lifetime got a bag from panic room do you feel me it is the most Lifetime got a bag from Panic Room. Do you do you not think that that's like it's like the best made for mean. television Lifetime yeah. Woman in Trouble movie? Yeah, there but it co- but it like adds subtext. It's so good. <laughs> it's it rocks. Jared Leto with cornrows, hilarious. So good. Uh, Girl with the dragon tattoo? Come on, man. Listen, he has bangers. That one, I'd... Ha- You're tripping. I know, I know. I'd have to see. I'd have to re-watch or whatever, but, like... No, I love, like, Seven, but I think that's just because I love noir movies. Um, Seven is also just fucking cool. Oh, yeah, that, too. It's also, like, bro, you're working with... Di- like, you want to talk about working with, you know, a DP and who gets credit or whatever. Sound him Darius Kanji invented a new way of developing film for your movie four seven it's like a different kind of bleach bypass i don't even know what it's called that's like that's what we go back for i'm i'm hungry and i want to eat you feel me i don't know not i don't know it just come on dog david fincher in the same way that this is this is for you listening at home in the same way that Orson Welles can be a, an idiot, blowhard, airhead, arrogant, blah, 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 and be the greatest yeah. living filmmaker, you can be a whiny little bitch and be a, a very good director. So, Yeah, this was something that literally Paul Thomas Anderson figured out. <laughs> exactly. That's really good. Like, literally, yeah. like he got to Magnolia, like, threw a fit, all this stuff, whatever, and then since then has just chilled. <laughs> like... <laughs> been cool dad ever since he's literally so, just vibing leave him alone leave yeah. him alone uh fuck it yeah i i guess i guess that's it go watch the other side of the wind ahaha uh before we move into zog watch guys i've been i've been bugging vince with it all week watch how to with john wilson on hbo max guys this fucking show emilio messaged me the other day and was like bro this show is the bee's knees it's the cat's pajamas there's so vince i'm gonna spoil this last episode for you because i really want you to see it not so much spoil i'm going to sell you on what the show is is it the foreskin dude I'm going to tell you how you get to the foreskin guy, though. Okay, okay. The episode is called... They cover. He covers different, like, beginner-level topics. How to make small talk. How to... Blah, 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 blah. So this one is how to cover your furniture. Right? He, he buys a couch, and he's worried that his cat is going to rip it up. Mm-hmm. And he buys... He gets, a, like, a... Uh, like a like a thick plastic cover specifically made for the couch the covering of furniture watch my hands here the covering of the furniture becomes the covering of the furniture 
Man, no. Zoinked <laughs> out, dude. Zoinked out, dude. I felt like I was watching a prophet again. He, like, hides this, like, hook in his fucking, the foreskin that he's grown back. And he sleeps with his dick pulled up to a, like, the string behind him to, like, a pulley system on his bed. So that the foreskin that he's grown doesn't, like, protract. <laughs> I was watching it trying to fall asleep. Because that's been the way. That's been the work. Hold on. What? Wait, give, give me a second. Vince just hit the kush. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> Dude. I'm watching this in bed trying to fall asleep. And I, like, saw it. <laughs> immediately. Oh, Bro. No. <laughs> Zoinked out, man. That's so funny. I'll have to watch. Oh, wait, yeah. Uh, HBO Max comes to Amazon Fire TV tomorrow. Do you know about that? I do. I hope it comes to Roku eventually, because it's Same. not on Roku yet. I know. Roku La Familia. Starving. So... What have you yeah. been watching? <laughs> so, uh, folks, if you if you haven't, uh, if you didn't read the title of the podcast you're currently listening to, well. We're going to go over it again. We're talking about uh, Fireball, uh, Visitors from Darker Worlds, which is the newest uh, Werner Herzog film, co-directed with Clive Oppenheimer. So, like I mentioned, this is not going to be a full rundown of Herzog, um, like at all, um, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, We're saving, like I said, uh, our good friend Ben ahead of the DocPod fact check and research team, I think. I'm gonna gonna save that one for him. We're gonna we're gonna do some uh, some actual deep diving into Herzog the documentarian on that one. I'm talking fucking Grizzly Man, uh, Cave of Dreams or whatever it's called, Into the Abyss, Reveries of the Connected World, blah 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 blah. This one we're talking specifically so, like I mentioned, he directed his new one, Fireball, with this gentleman named Clive Oppenheimer, who's a who's a British volcanologist. Um, he previously directed a film for Netflix called Into the Inferno, which is solely credited to to Herzog, but it mm-hmm. says he shares in the same way that Wells and Tolan. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah. Did you notice yeah. that? What it, he shares what? like a. Like a film by Clive Oppenheimer oh, on Into the yeah, Inferno. Yeah, yeah. Very weird. Not co-directed though. Um, and we're talking about Lessons of Darkness. Um, those are the three that we're talking about. Um, completely lost my train of thought. Fireball is on Apple TV Plus, which yeah, I'll be honest with you guys. Just get a free twar- free trial and move on from that thing because there is maybe three things to watch on there. 
There ain't shit on there. There's nothing. Yeah. Have you, did you use, have you used it for anything? You used it for On the Rocks, right? Oh, and Boys State. I'm stupid. And Boys State, yeah. What do you think about the UI? Like, how does, how does the layout look? I don't like it. It's like, Mm-mm. pretty clunky. It is. I, I think it's similar to, um, to the overall UI of the, the Amazon Fire TV that I have now in the living room. Never used that. Because, because it's like, uh, with the Fire TV, it's like, it looks like you can just immediately pick anything. It's like they got movies and stuff right there on the front page. And it's like, you have to, you know, hit a certain button to see all of your own apps and not just other shit. Right. Um, and that's like, yeah, Apple TV, it's like, okay, well, there's all this stuff here. Can I even watch this here? No. Like, right. I have to go to the Apple TV Plus section, and then you get there, and you're like, oh, it's like a corner in a room. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and there's, there are three flavors of ice cream to choose from. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Three, three movies, and then 50 TV shows you've never heard of. No. Stop trying to sell me Defending Jacob. Don't don't try to sell me on stories that matter. The morning show, guys. I'll kill you. I will kill you. I'll, Steve Jobs <laughs> is in the Matrix just creating these shows that don't exist. Completely algorithm-generated shit. Either way, yeah. we want to say respect to Apple TV for funding this episode. Respect to them for uh, yeah, for giving Werner Herzog and Clive Oppenheimer a pretty big platform and what was clearly... A lot of yeah. fucking money <laughs> to make this yeah. movie, um, bro. Yes, yeah, it's a bag. Um, Seems fitting for the platform. Absolutely, yeah. It's like like a very uh, highfalutin nature doc. It's yeah, it's nice. exactly. Yeah, and I think that's why we wanted to talk about it. We hadn't talked about a nature doc yet. No, we haven't done any any of the uh, Herzog. We haven't covered Herzog at all. He's on yeah. our major figures, like. Like bingo card, um, yeah. With I think um, probably Grizzly Man stuff I previously mentioned, like the the big stuff, which we'll get to, folks. But right now we're we're yeah. just talking these. Um, what? Yeah. So what did you? Uh, what did you? Of the since we watched these like three films, what what how, do you think about Nature Docs now? I mean, I've always liked them. I told you, I'm stupid. And, that octopus movie made me cry. <laughs> like, a lot. Um, I loved the octopus movie. That one is My Octopus Teacher, which is available on Netflix right now. Um, mm-hmm. No, I, I like Nature Docs. Um, we were the type of family growing up that whenever we bought a TV, we would buy, like... And that wasn't very often, obviously. But we would buy, like, Planet Earth... Yeah, wow. Have I told you about the first time we bought a we bought a big screen TV? No. Uh as a kid and my dad was so excited to watch Finding Nemo on that TV. When was the last time tangent alert folks? When was the last time you watched Finding Nemo? Oh, I don't even know. Dude, the water in that movie? Exactly. Is, that movie's like 17 years old old dude and the water com- How like compositing it? in it whatever algorithm they have to generate like the waves and and the pull of the tide and stuff even when they're below the the surface of the water bro <laughs> beautiful 
They did that while my parents were still married. Can you believe that? That shit's crazy. Um, no, well, I mean, yeah, I, I, I like nature documentaries. I'm not familiar, um, I think with any of the major works, like the Attenborough stuff, um, Right, right, right. Same. That's a huge blind spot for me, and hopefully something that we'll cover eventually, because he's having a big year. Um, I don't know. What do you think about Nature Ducks? Any particular thoughts? I mean, this is my first time, like, really engaging with them. It's, I mean, it is interesting. I feel like they are always known for having some kind of voiceover, because, you know, it's often like you're just filming nature as it happens. It can't speak for itself. Um, I don't know. I think the, uh, god damn it. I think the way that it was, like, filmed in, say, like, Lessons of Darkness, which you can't always ask for, like, let me film this disaster as it's happening, you know? Yeah, Lessons, but, Lessons of Darkness, I'm sorry, is important to note, because that one is less specifically a nature doc, and is more of, like, a... Yeah. That's that's obviously, like, a political film, but the way I categorized yeah. it in my head canon was he's dealing with fire... In all three of them. Um, yes. And that could sound like I'm compartmentalizing, like, prog, electro, synth, kraut rock at Zier Records, like, hyper-specificity. But he deals with mythic elements in, like, all of his films. He's like Tarkovsky in that way, where he's, like, he's got a period of, bless you, he's got a period of, like, mm-hmm. water or snow. He's got a period of, like, earth. And it's it's the, the German New Wave, I think thing in him it's it's like i don't know very like all chemical filmmaking sort of stuff that i don't know certain directors are very keyed into i don't know that that one was that one really like moved me honestly i it was exceptional it's Um, one of the best movies but i think you get to I mean, there's bits of it in Into the Inferno, but, like, Fireball really gets to what I think he's trying to do, which is, like, combine that, that big God's Eye point of view that uh, that he can speak to the awe and the spectacle of nature and uh, provide a way to connect it to, like, I don't know, like, daily human life and where... We, like where you can place that spirituality, I guess. Hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. So he's he's so intense, man. <laughs> no, he he's grabbing you by the neck in all three of these movies, it, it, mm-hmm. not letting you go. Um, yeah, so yes, that's that that I think is going to get into our thesis, at least what I was able to like cobble together from all three of these films. So let's just clear this up. So Fireball is. Uh, a remarkable journey across our planet and universe explores how meteorites, shooting stars, and deep impacts have awoken our wonder about other realms and makes us rethink our destinies. So folks, just to get it out of the way, Into the Inferno is basically that, but with volcanoes. And yeah. Lessons of Darkness, however, is is the kind of odd man out. Um, which yeah. shows the disaster of the Kuwaiti oil fields um, as they burned um, post-U.S. Um, hard air quotes intervention or whatever <laughs> after we. No, that that was after I read up on it. You did tell. So that was after. Educate me. Uh, 
Iraq set fire to that. Oh, never the, mind. I'm so sorry. To the fire fields or whatever. But it was because they were, because uh, Kuwait, they were making too much oil, I guess, or exporting too much, uh, which, you know, America and Saudi Arabia were profiting off of. Of course. And then this was like at the end of like Desert Storm. So. All right. Yeah. It, it was that was a fun segment of today to be like, oh yeah, why why were why have we been in Iraq since before I was born? <laughs> That's that is one that the conspiracy theorists got right, buddy. It's literally just to make money, to to like wait, what's going on? To get oil and yeah. to sell drugs. That's literally it. Um, yeah, it's 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 really cool. We're we're recording this episode on the uh, on the day uh, just like two or three hours ago. I was leaving work, and uh, it looked like Trump last week tried to strike Iran. Did you see that? To basically leave Biden with the mess of a, a war on his hands, <laughs> which is that is Jesus fucking you are Christ. based, dude. You are absolutely <laughs> fucking based. <laughs> That is the most Joker-pilled <laughs> shit I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, <laughs> Vince Dude, is making a lot of funny faces. That is six-dimensional chess. You, you motherfuckers don't know shit about that. I, I can't tell if it, if he's playing six-dimensional chess or if he's playing fucking backgammon, dude. Like I don't know. He's playing. He's playing nothing. Six-dimensional no. tic-tac-toe. <laughs> It's so bad. It's bad. That is awful We're stuff. never going to leave. <laughs> uh, Your kids uh, and my kids are going to die in a foreign field, dude. <laughs> Covered in oil, as Werner Herzog, who is a 200-year-old. Oh, he's outliving us for sure, right? He's so hot <laughs> he's so hot i love on, her nerds. i'm being complete i'm not kidding you for sure a fantastic archetype of a man yeah come on so i yeah. guess what do you think of uh of um fireball fireball yeah i think it's really nice it's extremely pleasant I- it is i almost don't have like much at all to say about it it, it is like I said, it's even on the right platform, you know, on Apple TV Plus. Like it fits in perfectly. I don't know. It's the uh, the best of what you would like want from like a like a TV nature doc, but it it like you know it goes further. It opens like ninety Google tabs. It it it, it is beautiful. It has very wide scale, and it doesn't and and it is very cosmic and spiritual and it doesn't lose humanity at all. Right. It's really nice. I agree with all of that. Yeah. I think we're, we're probably at about the same heat check on fireball. No pun intended. Um, (laughs) I, I thought it was beautiful. I don't know. Like, obviously it's, it's so bro. I have all the, your, the stills that you posted from the doc pod account up right now. It's, I know that this is at the end of the film, but homie at the the Day of the Dead celebration, yeah, it, with his makeup was looking right. His was yeah, so crisp. I was so happy that they focused on him for like a full minute. <laughs> that was that was a that was the buy your girlfriend a loaf of pan de muerto, so that when Day of the Dead Oof. comes up, she hooks you up with the right makeup type vibe. Let's go. Yeah. 
that that guy that guy looked great. Um, the I don't know the 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 way in which this film. It's funny that we talked about happy or not happy death day. <laughs> Freaky being kind of like like fetishizing mm-hmm. that part of the world and stuff. Fireball doesn't do that obviously because Werner Herzog is a genius and Clive Oppenheimer too is a great addition to like his like team or unit. Yeah. But the way he hops back and forth and kind of like just flows through different global like cultures and different mythologies and different like belief systems obviously like is so fascinating and There's and different types of people. He gives everybody a platform. So many. Man. So many, yeah. yeah. I I do want to say so. Yeah, it, it is a very good, uh, like it gets you in very well structurally, because yeah, it opens on Day of the Dead, uh, with the fireball ritual, and basically letting you know we're gonna be talking about fireballs by saying like, oh yeah, remember that thing that happened in Siberia? Yeah, which I literally have in my notes. I forgot about Siberia. <laughs> Bro, remember when that shit happened? That was wild. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it gets you on, you know that. It gets you on, on in the know with Mecca and talking about that. I'm and so, then You want to talk about being based and blackpilled? Bro. He But then, then goes you get there. to, you get to the Norwegian guy and then you get to a point where it's like, well, there's, this is all, everything we've been talking about is everywhere. So it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it gets you familiar, it goes big, and it is totally laid out and allows you to go anywhere from there. Completely. Yeah, yeah. completely. We could talk about Mecca, for sure. That's some crazy shit. I had no idea. Yeah, the... Wait, you really didn't know that about the Cabo? No! Oh, yeah, buddy. Yeah. Um, Damn, and I've been... No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you put a uh, put a very fast disclaimer at the bottom. Vincent Prisco has not been to Mecca anytime. <laughs> anytime that he says he's been to Mecca, he's lying. Yeah. <laughs> um no, uh, yeah, that's that's uh that's very popular in the conspiracy theory realm. I'm going to be honest and I'm not going to speak on it because I don't know, but I think that is something that is uh I don't know to the extent of which it's recognized in uh, the uh, the scripture. Mm. I don't know, frankly. Uh, but that is something I knew about because it's cool as fuck. Um, and in a very nice way, very weird. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's, it is. It's, it's very strange. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, it's it's fascinating that that is like the and, Th- and that it's become that exactly. It, it's very beautiful that something that originated like <laughs> an eternity away Liter- is the foundation yeah. and and the joy of you know countless millions and billions of people's lives across the world. Like it's it's cool. Exactly. And it's it's so perfect for the like the thesis of the movie. Of course, yeah. yeah. Why are we so enamored by by objects like this? Why are they present across all like forms of of religion and and in countless mm-hmm. different cultures and stuff? It, it's it's really fucking cool. Um, and it, it's so cool. In fact, Werner Herzog knows it's cool, 
And when a nerdy kind of scientist guy comes on the screen, there are a couple of times in this documentary where he says, this guy's fucking boring. <laughs> We're going to move on from him uh, because I've got some cooler shit to show you. Look, yeah, this guy man. in Norway beat cancer 80 times and he's dressed as a cowboy. Don't listen Bro, to what these uh, nerds born are Born in Texas, about. right? Yeah. They say that? Yep. What are you doing? So that that comes to what kind of person are you? <laughs> yeah. Where the fuck do they make you? <laughs> well, we were talking about Boston and Jason. Like white people are just different out there, dog. Different archetypes. What is going on? What flavor what are on? you? Um, <laughs> no, th- that gets into honestly my only issue with the movie. Uh, yeah, is Herzog's narration in this? There are times it feels like pretty unnecessary. I don't even think it's unnecessary. I just think it's because I'm used to it being intrusive. I get that. Into the Inferno, yeah. it's so out front. Lessons of Darkness, it is the Lessons of Darkness is one that's hard to parse because that the the narration is the form of that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the function. Um, Into the Inferno and Fireball, both. I think obviously need it and it's cool that they have it but fireball is sometimes just so like weird and intrusive and like unnecessarily funny that it yeah it it took it took me out of it a couple of times i really i I really think he could have shaved at least 10 minutes off the narration in this one it would have been fine yeah i guess i agree with you i'm sorry um I don't know. Yeah, he he cracks a couple of jokes during relatively serious moments. He he, he uh, just kind of interrupts the flow a little bit. Yeah. No, this is see this is interesting to get into and like why it's co-directed with Clive Oppenheimer, right. you know. And you do see that in in the movie like with how much it's it's just Clive on screen talking to these other people and him like sci- talking scientist to scientist right. like you have to give the film over to him yeah he's like that makes sense he's the left brain and then Herzog is the right brain and the way that they they meet in the middle is is I think because you didn't really like Into the Inferno no neither did I because that movie feels like it is it's like it's extremely didactic it's yeah. a lot of text and there's not a lot of I feel like there's honestly not a lot of Herzog in that movie it feel- there's a whole bro it still pisses me off kind of that whole section in Ethiopia where they're digging for like fossils of humans right 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 yeah like it was cool it was like a 10 minute break from the movie though but I was like this doesn't have shit to do with volcano. Like, why are we here? Don't even get me started, dude. Rock people, archaeologists, th- that guy, the, no, I'm serious. I went yeah. to school with maybe 20 of him in each class. And any time, I can remember one of them particularly. What was his name? He weighed 98 pounds and he was a super senior. Dude. Let's go. He would speak in our theory of anthropology class my, my senior year, my last semester. Everybody would roll their eyes at him and everybody would like at certain points would just tell him to like, dude, shut up. 
stop talking because this dude would somehow talk about anthropological theory and bring it back to like when i was doing field work in caracol in belize like i just feel like that gives me like the authority to da, 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 da. rock people are freaks and they're they're yeah like, they're like sex maniacs it's like a sex you're thing. a freak you're a weirdo that's a if whole you thing. know rocks you're nasty you're weird <laughs> Uh, yeah, that guy yeah. was weird. That's an unnecessary detour, much like my there is anecdote. A, there is a funny moment where um, uh, Oppenheimer is talking to one scientist, and she's that she and Oppenheimer are talking about the idea that, like, you know, we are all made of stardust or whatever. Right. And then Herzog announces, like, oh, this is, this is the I one had to time. step in at this point. Yeah. And then he says, like, I'm not made of stardust, I'm Bavarian or whatever. <laughs> and <laughs> which it takes her three seconds for that, for her to realize, to, like, to, yeah. Oh, this, the maestro, the, the force, yeah. the, the gravitas behind this project might not be taking me completely seriously <laughs> that's funny yeah yeah i maybe that's what the the line that it crosses almost is that it feels like he's undermining not just the experts but just the subject matter at certain points like it feels like he's kind of betraying that a teensy bit um i lo- i'm all for playful narration i love it Hertz- herzog's films from what i've seen so far are very funny like he's he is mm-hmm. a very funny person, dude. Fireball didn't need to be produced by Judd Apatow. You feel me? It's weird. Yeah that that really holds it back for me, man. And I'm I'm glad that it wasn't Into the Inferno because I think Into the Inferno is very much Clive Oppenheimer's hand, kind of guiding the whole yeah. project. And Werner Herzog gets lost in the sauce. I'm glad this one's a little bit messier, and I'm glad Herzog's voice is a little bit more present. But the the I don't know. It's it feels a little off. That's all I'll say. Yeah. I don't know. What? Let's let me let me get my uh, my notes. I, I have I have a note that says "fuck." I want to go to the Yucatan. You've never been. It seems so sick. I've been to uh everywhere that they mention this stuff <laughs> i've been to no way yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. merida i've been to uh uh fucking oh god now i don't remember i know merida off the top of my head but we went to the 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 the, the, the if i pull up a map i can probably find it we took a tour for my uh middle sister's uh quinceanera damn yeah i it was it was fucking cool um Playa del Carmen, so Cancun, sick. and Tulum, as well as Merida, are the ones that I know. Um, and they're all tourist towns that are walking distance from marvels of the natural world. It's cool. Bro. It's really cool. And it, it bugged me that he makes fun of that a lot in this one. There's an entire sequence yeah. where he's like, this is a, a town for tourists it's a it's a disgrace look at these dogs they're idiots um yeah and you have no idea what yeah it's that's how these people yeah. make a living dog i don't know <laughs> i don't know that's that's fine it is fine if i lived <laughs> if i lived next to literally a modern of the like of the modern world or excuse me a marvel of the modern world 
like walking distance. I'm making t-shirts. I'm doing keychains. I'm charging you for pictures. (laughs) Like, I don't care. Yeah, no, I'm actually going in on a land deal right now to open up a mall right next to Stonehenge. Of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. (laughs) That'd be tight. (laughs) That'd be sick. (laughs) Get a KB Toys Uh, in there. Yeah. Lego store, of course. Uh, Nah, that. that Yeah, we're going to surround it with go karts. Of course. just pissed me off a little bit i don't know it, again <laughs> for sure intrusive it's weird. is the operative word here yeah um yeah my i have like eight different notes where it just says he's turnt he's goofy he's bugged out he's tripping like i have all of these things um yeah let's see he uh they they go to castel gandolfo where we've been where we've been where we programmed a film festival and premiered a film at yeah did did you did you know that it was uh i knew about the lake i knew about uh i knew about the crater lake i knew about that i didn't know it was a crater lake you know like the the, the shape dog yeah 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 Yeah, i knew i mean i knew about that i did not know that the vatican has an observatory there yeah what the hell yeah <laughs> that was so weird again we talked about it with emilio bad trip <laughs> we no. did some jack shit and i got um, coronavirus yeah yeah um he goes to castel gandolfo to talk about that's when i think to be fair the thesis becomes abundantly clear um yes is the, the, with that one guy yeah yeah he talks to a, a priest or uh, i don't know uh a holy man who his whole gig is looking at space rocks and and managing the observatory at the peak of, of Castel Gandolfo. Um, that's that's when they really get into the the left brain, right brain thing of Clive Oppenheimer being extremely rigid in in the information that he wants to get from yeah. his subjects and a subject who clearly knows the the scientific and has the data but is far more interested in talking about what it means to him spiritually internally. And so I think I think from then on Herzog kind of takes the reins and then by the ending you realize like oh wait that's been the movie this entire time is yeah how we make sense of a world that does not that is not hospitable to us at all there's rocks from the mm. sky that are going to try and kill you yeah and in that agent of destruction it's your God-given responsibility. It's your purpose on this planet to make meaning out of them. In the same way that there's a, a hole in the ground that is going to erupt at any given moment. Yeah. It is your job to find meaning in that fire, which is the same fire that's burning the Kuwaiti oil fields. Like there's meaning to be derived from this destruction. Mm-hmm. And it's a deeply spiritual meaning that I don't want him cracking jokes at. No. Uh, yeah. It's, it is just that, really. It is, um, yeah, and you can tell Oppenheimer, like, kind of leading him in, uh, like you said, there's the, I hate to do this, there's a, a South Park episode. (laughs) Go off. Uh, where they talk about, like, 
you know, the big bang and creation and stuff. Right. And they're, they're the, you know, the pro religious argument for believing in the big bang is like, Oh, it's just a theory of how, but not why. And I think that's a, like a lot of what, uh, what that's exactly what the conflict is in that moment is uh Oppenheimer getting to how 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 whatever whatever and the the holy man just only wanting to talk about like well yeah what it means to him he he that's that's a good poll he he asked him the question that the like like i i was raised catholic um like the that is central to any Catholic nerd, like their mind is like, well, what is, what is, what does first contact mean when there's a heaven and there's a hell? Right. And when, mm-hmm. what, what do you, what are aliens when there is like, like, like the devil? Um, right. And he asked him that and the, the, the gentleman answers it um, the same way. Honestly, I've heard my mom answer it before, which is like, the, the question is like, what happens when we make first contact and will you try and baptize the aliens? And the yeah. the man says, if they want to be, which is yeah. like... He said only if they want to. I've got a lot of problems with Catholicism, but... That's very ethical. <laughs> extremely ethical. And that is a, yeah. <laughs> a far cry from the crusades that murdered countless like, millions of people all that time ago. So, um, so that's good. It's still a shit religion, obviously. Like, I'm not advocating for it, but hearing him verbalize that was um, was very pleasant. And I think, yeah, I I think uh, I don't know if it's then, but I yeah, that's right. I Herzog. That's another moment when he comes in and he starts talking about the the awe that is required to. Uh, or no, the guy also mentions that, like, there is a, a, you need to be humbled and be in awe of something, um, just in general to be a human. And what science is able to do is marry, uh, like the awe of creation with like God's power. Like, that's what, that's what ends up moving you is like, like, yeah, it's this whole meteorites falling from the sky or whatever but it is it is such a like powerful move like oh yeah one of these wiped out the dinosaurs like millions of years ago and the planet still exists and it gave room for mammals which gave room for us like it is so powerful to to engage with and then i think like that constant search for meaning is is like a it's like a commentary on like filmmaking almost you know it is yeah it is it it's is real good stuff again like Herzog is I have the quote if you'll let me pull it up I've got the quote from this um this New York Times article I read the other night it's called uh it was it's from March I'm assuming he was um interviewing for Family Romance LLC which guys if you have not watched that movie watch that movie I am I have no words that is, if you tell me a narrative Herzog film would be one of my favorite films of the year, if not one of my favorites of like the decade already, 
that movie made me feel things I, I, I like straight up didn't know were in my body. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Would highly recommend that. This New York Times article is called Werner Herzog Has Never Thought a Dog Was Cute. Um, and they get to that at the very end. But he he refers the, – the, the interviewer is – is Herzogging him. He's asking him a whole bunch of fucking jokey joke questions that completely are super reductive, a bunch of baby Yoda stuff. It's, it's nonsense. Yeah. But he, uh, he asked him about his relationship with nature and Herzog says, uh, he refers to nature as the, the monumental indifference. Yeah. And absolutely. Totally indifferent to us. Like you're saying though, fireball, into the Inferno and Lessons of Darkness, his whole career, but these films in particular, like, are him trying to make sense of nature in, like, the the wake of modernity in the modern world yeah. as we're, prog- hard air quotes, progressing through time. And, like, trying to, I think, like, make sense of himself. Which I think he brings on Oppenheimer. You see Lessons of Darkness, which is without Oppenheimer. It's it's a solo mission for Herzog. Um, or I was going to mention too, you watch, uh, he mentions it in, in Into the Inferno, La Soufrière, which is uh, a, a movie he made about volcanoes like 40 years ago. Um, mm. That one you can find on YouTube, guys. Um he made that one. It's a movie about volcanoes that he fucking made without Clive Oppenheimer. And that movie feels extremely cold and detached and bleak. Mm. And yet Into the Inferno feels even if it, it even even if it is like him giving in to Oppenheimer, it's way softer. And by the time you get to Fireball, it feels like like he he's comfortable enough to be a goofball. He's comfortable enough to have his yeah. narration be kind of a, yeah. a joke onto itself. I think, I think he's in finding that meaning. He's found somebody who has softened his heart. And, and I think it's a whole new thing as well to be moved by these discoveries, like in a positive light. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. He's, he's showing fucking footage from like deep impact and stuff. And these, these, exactly. yeah, yeah. these are films that like, sexualized like global trauma it's like right but it is but he he loves it because it's part of like our our consciousness you know it's part of our popular culture it's how we make sense and he finds it funny that we make sense by making a yeah 100 million dollar action movie with tay leone and morgan freeman in it like that's funny to him and it is fucking funny it is hilarious but yeah i i agree like it is um it is nice to see him in this form, but yeah, that probably just comes with age. Definitely comes from working with Oppenheimer as well. Even though he is like the science geek, it still feels like way more humane. Uh, but yeah, something like Lessons of Darkness. Like if he had to make that, like if he had to make that his whole career, you'd kill like, as yourself. good as that is. That, exactly, you can't do that. You just simply can't. And that, that movie's only, like, 50 minutes long, dude. Like Exactly. That movie is 50 minutes. It's sub an hour of unrelenting, you should kill yourself because this is what we're doing to the world. And for what? Nothing. Yeah. 
and yeah and, and yeah and to to focus on the uncovering of the evil your entire life uh to focus on like e- e- truly evil spectacle there's no shortage of in the world um there probably never will be the but, stuff you see in lessons of darkness guys is nightmare stuff yeah yeah Com- and, and complete nightmare shit yeah and at least now we can fo- like not only is there like present beauty that exists in the world but it's like these are things from the past and it is a, a much nicer foundation to build to be like no this is like this is the foundation of the earth is like these th- these things that shaped us are worth marveling at and can make you feel good, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think Oppenheimer brings that to this film. It's just a lot of wonder. Herzog yeah. Herzog looking at something like like the Kuwaiti oil fields, which is rightfully so, like a very morbid, horrible thing that happened in such a short span of time. It is just unbelievably catastrophic what what you see in that film Oppenheimer can can see these like uh, I don't know it's just it's just the 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 scientific wonder the the clinical sort of wonder he brings to a project is enough to to get that ball rolling in Herzog for sure yeah can can we talk about the guy who kept handing him rocks and was like, don't drop this. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again. <laughs> and he handed him a heavy one and was just like, don't drop it. Rock people. <laughs> that was so funny. Rock people are <laughs> fucking freaks, dude. Um, that guy. Rock, pe- was, rock people are freaks. While we were talking about being moved by Discovery, there's a moment where that they show footage of that with the, the Korean man in the Arctic. It's so beautiful. It is so beautiful. Bro, they really snap when they get to Antarctica. The movie begins, dude. The movie dude, starts right there. The helicopter footage is so hard. It is so hard. There's that... Uh, I tweeted out a screenshot of it, but the they're, uh, they're canvassing their field area. Um, yeah. So they're in a yeah. line walking and assuming they catch or they find something they'll scream out and everybody will go see it they're surveying excuse me um yeah it's beautiful it's like something they're, vanessa Beecroft designed oh for yeezy season or something it's like just an array of of human beings on a foreign planet it's so cool it's so cool man um yeah it is a, uh, and then he does literally say that the the arctic is space on foot it's awesome yeah it's awesome it, it really is sick the <laughs> whatever lenses he's using i'm dumb i don't know make it tough just look infinite it's beautiful it's yeah. so good man bro i don't even know how you shoot that if you want to get into it because like i like light bouncing off of snow is one thing but like i can't imagine how unbearably bright the arctic is yeah like you gotta throw on 30 nd filters 
to not just have blown out footage. Like, I'm guessing. I don't know. He was shooting it on an iPhone 6S, and then he had a wheelchair that was he was being pulled behind. Right, right, right. He had a Samsung Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh... Do you remember, while we're talking about the Korean gentleman crying, um, and he's crying, we should know, just because he's reunited with, like, his friends and, like, his wife and stuff. It's really cool. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, and I think, was that their first time, like, getting out to that spot and then being able to Possibly survey? So. I don't know. He, Herzog's softened in that moment, the camera eye is softened in that moment. In Into the Inferno, when he spends, like, a good 15 minutes talking about how he met Clive for the first time, yeah. These guys are in love. And I I mean that in the same yes. way that I am current like I'm in love with Vince. Like it's just like Yeah. It just it's nice. Um it's really nice. Like uh, there's just a certain type of camaraderie when you uh I could say that about any of my friends. I don't know where you where you just like know like I oh cool, I want to make something with this person. Yeah. We can do something together. Like this is cool. This is going to be like an additive um, like relationship where you can like construct and have each other's back and like make. And that's literally what he sees in Oppenheimer. Definitely. His, his, I'm like not trying to make like a like a oh, they're actually like gay. Like, did they kiss or whatever? Yeah. The way he films Oppenheimer is different than the way he films everybody else. He's so no, I'm serious. He's so cozied up with Oppenheimer at the peak of that vol- or at the ring of the <laughs> volcano. I'm serious, and he allows himself to be filmed in the same frame as Oppenheimer. That's the only time he's yeah. he's like yeah. that, uh, like much on camera is when he's yeah. sharing time with him. So much of that movie, so much of Into the Inferno, is I think Herzog being fascinated by Clive Oppenheimer. Yeah. And just being like free reign. Yeah. I'm just here for the vibes. I like to see you work. That's it. And then by the time Fireball comes along, it's no longer that because he's figured out like, oh, I want to like, I want to make shit with him. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. It's so cool. There's um, that. I did want to say like the whole God, I, I, this might be very stupid. The, the Yucatan, the, the, the crater there, that's the one that wiped out the dinosaurs, right? Yeah, dog. <laughs> yeah. Yes? Yeah. Okay. Um, the fact that the, the debris that came out. Launched like, into space, dog. No, no, launched, you know, a little bit further outward and left behind a bunch of water holes. Oh, los cenotes. Dude, you can... Bro. Please go to the Yucatan. Dude, you can go... Take me, bitch. Yeah. (laughs) Plane tickets are $70. We're going this week. Um, Yes. Because everybody's dead. Uh, You can go and dive underwater. It's so cool. I did not do that because I was afraid and there were turtles in the water. Um, Griselle and Derek, my sister and her her husband... um, went for their um, honeymoon when they got married uh, like eight years ago and they dove in the cenotes and it's you from it's the clearest water it's like beautiful 
The fact, the idea that you can cliff dive underground is the most Brandon Fraser journey to the center of the earth type shit. It really is. It really is. None of that makes any sense to me. But that I just love the the idea. I mean, it fits in with the film that like that that one event vaporized the dinosaurs, but it left behind like a series of paradises. Yeah, wellsprings for civilizations to rise up around them. The basis it's, of the the like Mayan <laughs> Empire was that that it was like so like uh, strategically spread out. It was so coordinated and 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 perfectly organized. I don't know, and it was all organized around the resource availability. It's so cool. Mm. The Aztec Empire is the same thing, but that I don't think has to do with any sort of like strike from a meteor or asteroid or whatever the fuck i think it's all that's all geothermal stuff it's fucking awesome all that stuff is cool i'm glad he talked about that it's so sick telling you dude i'm ready for latino futurism but i'm too lazy to to do anything about it no i got this i got this for us thanks i appreciate that (laughs) I appreciate you doing that for me specifically. Um, you know, I honestly, I don't have much else, dude. Um, I'm all good. The ending on Murray Island is beautiful. Oh, yes, with the dance. Yeah. With the, the yes. creation dance that brings it all home in a very nice way. It's beautiful. Yes. It's very sad. Yes. Um, that is a full ethnography of a like tribal like system, familial system. It's great. There's so much inform that. Okay, one last thing. I'm sorry because we're coming off of talking about Wiseman with Jason, and yeah. all of Wiseman's information is in the edit. So I mean, technically, like not in the film, it exists in that liminal space right. that's in between the cuts. Right. All of Herzog's information is on the screen. Yes. Everything. The entire thing. You can yeah. take a frame from his time at Marie Island with the tribal creation dance. Take any any snapshot of that. Take take anything out of context. And you have a pretty good pedestrian understanding of a filial tribal system. Yeah. Same thing with the the fire dance at the beginning of the film at the Day of the Dead. You exactly. have a, a pretty basic understand. You could you could have a like a conversation about it. You get it. Yeah, all this stuff is there. It's it's so cool because he relies yeah. so much on the narration, which is I think also kind of in that weird liminal space that editing exists in. It's like this weird ghost zone of purgatory or whatever. But he puts it out on Front Street as well, and it never feels obvious. Yeah, yeah. No, it it just becomes a very uh nice and easy way to not only interact with this movie but interact with like history yeah it's very good it's cool man it's it's fucking cool i think i'm good dude all right man i think i'm good um yeah that's the end of that's the end of this episode guys yeah that's it fast Uh, and loose man this one was fast and loose yeah yeah we hope you liked it, guys. Uh, you can follow us on 
Instagram and Twitter at DocPlusPod. You can follow Vince at VP Briscoe, and you can follow me at underscore Rucker-ish. Next week, we're going to be talking Praxis, baby. Lots of... Yeah. <laughs> lots of Praxis, because we're too... Very smart people. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. The greatest <laughs> political minds of our generation. We're going to be talking about yeah. the... Uh, the big scary S word. big scary S word. Folks, we're talking socialism. You got any parting thoughts, Vince? Um, only farting thoughts. <laughs> Donald Trump won the election. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>